If you are a fan of the Dive Bar Rockstar podcast and would like to help support the show, there's a great way that you can do that and start a new fashion trend. We have a new merchandise page on the website which features t-shirts and hoodies that are available for sale on Amazon. Just click on merchandise in the top menu and all of the links will be there or go directly to divebarrockstar.com slash merchandise. Get started early on your Christmas shopping at divebarrockstar.com. Welcome to the Dive Bar Rockstar Podcast, a show exploring the lives of professional musicians of all types, touring musicians, recording artists, songwriters, engineers, bar bands, wedding bands, and anyone making their living in the music industry. Whether you've dreamed of being a professional or you already are one, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Eric Baines, and I hope that you not only find some entertainment here, but also some helpful tips, trade secrets, and ideas that will help you achieve your dreams. Well, it's kind of a Beatle week, weirdly enough. I mean, like last end of last week, Paul McCartney put out a new record. As you know, I'm a huge fan. And um, it's called Paul McCartney 3. And I think it's good. I've only had one listen. Usually takes me about three listens to figure out what I think about a record. <laughs> but so far, there's a lot of good stuff. And there's a lot of odd stuff, like very, uh, you know, kind of a departure from from the normal stuff. And that's that's good, I think, you know. And then Peter Jackson announced today that he has a Beatle documentary coming out. It was supposed to be out in 2020, um, but because of COVID, it's been set back a little bit. But he released this, I don't know, he, he calls it a montage. It's not a trailer. It's not a preview. So it's sort of a montage. But apparently it's called The Beatles Get Back. But apparently he has 56 hours of unseen Beatles footage. So it's... It's uh, amazing. Just go online and, and watch the montage because it's it, that, even that is just incredible. I don't know how they keep coming up with new stuff, but this band just lives on and on and on, and, and I'm very happy. Well, it's the week of Christmas, and it's been a tough year. So in honor of the holidays, and because last week we started talking about working with spouses, and I thought I would do a fun episode featuring... My wife, after much begging and pleading, she agreed to be on my little podcast, and I'm, I'm very grateful. She's been putting up with my musician lifestyle for almost 14 years now, and I think she brings an important perspective to the theme of this podcast. We also have some huge news to announce, and she agreed to give me the scoop, so you're going to hear it here first. That's all I can say. She currently works as a talent manager for her brother, Lucas Graybill, who was featured on episode number five. But before that, she was a personal assistant for another high school musical actress, Monique Coleman. She's beautiful, she's hilarious, she's incredible, and she's all mine. And you're also going to get to hear her sing. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Autumn Graybill. So we're on the show. Because okay. we've got a huge announcement to make to the world. Yay. And I know it's very nervous. We've, we've told, you know, our friends this is not for them. But we haven't really told the world yet. So it's kind of exciting. Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Should we say it together? Sure. One, two, three. We're, We're pregnant! pregnant! 
Yay. It's so exciting. Yes. It doesn't feel that way without an audience. Yeah, it feels really weird. <laughs> With no no reaction. We've been trying for a minute. And um, I mean, not a long, long time, but, you know, it's hard when I'm on the road all the time. So this COVID thing has actually benefited us in, in certain ways. Yes, it took a pandemic to get us <laughs> home long enough. So I'm excited. Me never too. had a kid before. We're having a baby boy in March. Well, it's kind of now or never. Yeah. I mean, you're getting really old. I'm getting so old. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. My yeah. clock is ticking. Yeah, I just turned 39. You just turned 49. Yes, I just turned really old. Almost really old. Well. And uh, yeah, so we're, but this is pretty typical LA, I feel like. Um, I was kind of freaking out for a while about, oh my gosh, I'm almost 50. I'm having my first kid, but then... I'm like, that's just kind of the L.A. thing. We all wait a while. So yeah. we're right in Lucky line, I think. you guys. <laughs> well, women too. You too. There's lots of women at your age having a baby. Yes. And thankfully, we were able to do it naturally. But who right. knows? We right. could have waited too long. And for a second, I thought maybe we had. So, yeah, yeah I was just starting to doubt. Yeah. And then I let it go. And then I was like, okay. Let it go. And then yeah. it happened, and I still wasn't convinced. It took you kept saying you're pregnant, and I'm like, no, I'm just late. <laughs> <laughs> and we're totally excited. It's weird that I don't have a job right now. Can't mm. work. Are you a little nervous? It's funny because I feel like we planned everything out right. Mm. We'll get a house, get a dog have jobs <laughs> and, the, and have, you know, the space yeah. for a kid. And then now yeah, we, we, did did every, we did everything right. And then and here we are. And here we are. Freaking out a little bit. Not so much yet, but it uh, it's not exactly the, the perfect situation. But it's been nice having all this time off at the same time and being able to be here while you're pregnant. Because if I'd have been on the road this whole time, it would have been a different experience for sure. And we've never spent this much time together. Not really. <laughs> and surprisingly, we're not tired of each other, it seems like. At least I'm not tired of you. No, it's actually been really great. It's very it's strange. Well, a lot of the reasons I, I thought it would be really cool to have you on, besides to talk about the baby and just to make the announcement, is because, you know, you've been now with a musician for almost 14 years, and that is a thing, you know? Like, uh, the whole... there's a There's a certain thing to dating a musician or a creative type and i thought that maybe we could talk about that a little bit yeah sure do you, do you, do you enjoy it <laughs> it's definitely not what i wanted for my life um isn't it everything you've always dreamed of um uh, yeah you know i think you guys get a bad reputation it wasn't something that like i was hoping and ever thought that i would be with a musician. Um, but it surprisingly has been the best decision ever, which I actually mean that. So Whoa. Mm -hmm. weird. Jeez. Yeah, I mean it's always <laughs> exciting. Um, you know, I, I I am a fan of money though. <laughs> and I would say It kinda it, comes and goes. It's uh it's a yeah, it fluctuates. There's never you don't have like an IRA. Um <laughs> But no, it's been, it's been really great. You're a fan of music. I mean, you did music growing up. Hate it. <laughs> I didn't say my music. 
Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I thought I was musical until I met you. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like you had fun at first, at least. I feel like for the first year, you came to every gig you could, which <laughs> I think is pretty typical. I came to way more than just a year. Uh, okay. I would say the first five years, I was solidly coming to like every gig you had. Yeah. Yeah. No way that, that it was five years, but <laughs> it was. I'll give you a year and a half, maybe. Oh my gosh. I, I can't believe I played a lot of gigs. I mean, you still come to like important ones, but I'm saying in the beginning, you were like at every bar gig. And I was playing a lot of bar gigs when I first met you because we had just come off tour and then I go home and I do bar gigs, you know? Yeah, for sure. No, it was awesome watching you do your thing and being able to do that. And I'm on the road a lot. And does that. Does that bother you or are you, you seem okay with it, but did you ever think that you were going to be alone this much in your life? Not counting the last nine months. Right. Well, that's really <laughs> Well, since you've been working for Dwight, it's been amazing because you guys don't go out for long periods of time. Like the longest I think you were gone was two weeks. Yeah. And that felt hard at the time, which is such a joke when you were gone for two months at a time yeah leading up to that um i think it's what makes happy marriage <laughs> <laughs> because it keeps it fun and exciting and missing yeah. you and and also just fun because i get to go visit i never thought i would i didn't even know azerbaijan was a country <laughs> and didn't ever expect to spend thanksgiving alone in an airport of russia in moscow like come on yeah, so that was a Keiko Matsuri tour. I was out for uh, six weeks, and you came out in the middle of the tour because my mom was living in Azerbaijan, coincidentally. She was the country director for the Peace Corps there. And so I'm like, let's meet there. And I think we literally saw each other for 24 hours. Yeah, it was. I think it was actually yeah. less. I think we saw each other for 23 hours. <laughs> yeah. It took me 24 hours to get there traveling because I had to connect in right. Moscow and it was over Thanksgiving. So right. I spent Thanksgiving in the Moscow airport alone by yourself. Yeah. Um, but it was awesome. I mean, <laughs> what story, like that's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. So and it was a trip. Like, well, first of all, the, the hotel that I happened to stay in, they were still pulling like plastic off the TV. It, it had only been open three weeks. It was a Hyatt. It was huge. Overlooking the, the little bay yeah, there it was in pretty. Baku, Azerbaijan. So that was kind of amazing. But uh, it was an interesting trip. I just remember uh, touching the cab driver's shoulder and uh, your mom being like, no, 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 you can't touch, you can't touch men here. Like, yeah, it's a Muslim country. Yeah. So, um, yeah, lots of rules. And, and you are the most rebellious person I've ever met in my life. And if you say, can't touch a man in this country, you're just going to want to touch all the mans. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> but luckily we didn't end up in jail. Barely. No. Well, and I just thought it was so strange that there were, you know, you couldn't even go into some of the cafes. They had internet cafes and women weren't allowed to go in. And that just blew my mind. Yeah. Again, very sheltered. But a uh, very cool experience. And that was just, I mean, that's one of the hundreds of stories that, or experiences yeah. that we've gotten to have. But how was I that, that night? I, I played pretty good though, right? I think I slept during the <laughs> That's show. That's right. 
I look out from the stage. You're dead asleep in the seats. Keiko's oh, music was so soothing. It's very true. Very soothing show. <laughs> Great to sleep to after 25 hours of travel or whatever it was. Yeah. Jet lag. <laughs> right. What, so what's going to happen when our little boy gets to be about six years old, seven years old, eight years old, mm. starting to play music, nine years old, 10 years old, 11, he goes, I want to be a musician. No. Are you going to be down with that? Uh, okay. Well, I've thought about this a little bit and obviously I want him to play an instrument. I mean, my parents made me play piano for two years. Mm -hmm. Um, so I at least want him to have a knowledge of music, play an instrument, be Mm -hmm. a well-rounded kid. Um, and he's going to have to be real good if he wants to be a musician. So, and I think you'll take care of that as far as like making sure that he's showing him how hard and how much work it's going to have to be. And if he's willing (laughs) to do all of that, go through all those tests and he's still into it, then sure, I guess. Yeah. Because I always kind of joke like, oh, you like music? You should be a music attorney. Mm -hmm. Oh, Mm -hmm. you like football? Great. Be a sports attorney. Yeah. But, um, But I don't know. I feel like he'll have an advantage, especially if we stay in L.A. Because... He'll be in the right town and... I mean, do you want him to be a musician? Well, I mean, I don't know. The, the, I think about it lately and I think, well, I do kind of know a little bit about the business. I won't, it won't be, you know, I'll, I'll be there to guide him in a way that, you know, my parents were supportive, but they didn't know how to manage a music career or how to, you know, especially from Denver, Colorado, there isn't an industry. So I don't know, growing up in LA when it's all around, if he's got the talent... And uh, I, I would be able to help him. I, I suppose I wouldn't say no. I mean, I think there'll, all, there'll always be music. And if you're skilled enough, you can find a way to make a living. Okay. So what would you want him to be, though? Which instrument? Oh, uh, maybe. I mean, probably piano. I feel like keyboardists, mm. you know, maybe I'll ask the next keyboardist that's on. But I feel like they have the the biggest advantage in the future because... Can pretty much play any instrument if you can play the keyboards as far as like samples and you've got a whole band in your keyboard you know and and i also think there's a lot of jobs if you're really good um so you should definitely have those skills it's a lot quieter than drums too oh man boy is it but at the same time bass everyone needs a bass player so it's not a bad not a bad career move for me I didn't necessarily choose it because I love the bass. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I chose it because I needed a job and there were lots of opportunities. Yeah. I mean, that just seems so far in the future to even think about what our kid would be. I mean, I'm just wanting to come out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> think about his profession is like, oh my gosh, we have 18 years yeah. to get through before that. But yeah. I hope that he can be somewhat talented and, and want and enjoy music, but I definitely am not one of those where like, my kid's going to be the president or yeah, I just want him to grow up to be a decent human being and like us at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty. I have low standards. Lofty goals. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to say too, because you don't know who he's going to be. Like, right. I have no idea what to expect and what kind of personality he's going to have and. So we're not going to be the parents that are 
training him to play golf at three years old or, or, uh, no, or a violin or whatever. No, definitely not. I don't think so. No. I say let the kid grow, figure out what he wants to be. Yeah. We'll help be there to guide. Yeah. But I do hope that he has something because I don't know. I mean, I can't relate to people that don't because I've, since I was born, I wanted to be a musician. I never really wasn't necessarily a choice. I just always was aimed in this direction and very driven and self-motivated and whatever. And I don't know, I think back and I'm glad that I had that because it got me through everything, you know? I think it's a lot harder. Sometimes I fantasize, you know, grass is always greener, fantasize about, well, wouldn't it be great if I just didn't know what I was going to do and I could just do whatever came up? No, it's way worse, I think. (laughs) It's way worse. Yeah. I never knew what I was going to do. Thought I'd be a teacher, nurse, or something. Right. I always knew I'd be a mom. Um, yeah. But I knew I wanted to wait as long as possible and live my life and do everything fun first. So, which I feel like I definitely did. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say. I have no regrets on waiting this long. As long as he comes out okay and everything's great, I have right. no regrets waiting this long. I think it was right for us. and um, It was good to get a lot of stuff out of our system first oh yeah traveling the world and yeah crazy times yeah and i feel like for me too i was so driven for so long in the career 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 and you mm-hmm. but now i'm just like well you know i've accomplished quite a bit and if if it's over which we're all sort of having to face right now anyways like what if it is over what if it never gets back to normal, you know. I think if if that's the case, I feel pretty satisfied looking back. And being like, well, I pretty much did everything I wanted to do. So let's let's raise a kid now and let's yeah. be parents and and think about family. Yeah, I think it's getting a lot harder to have the energy to <laughs> to yeah. keep up with crazy lifestyle. So yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So we met on the high school musical concert tour which was kind of a huge moment for both of our lives, really, because for me, that was like kind of my first big, huge... I mean, I'd been out with Keiko Matsui and stuff, and that's a certain type of gig, and that was a big, huge thing when I got that as well. But this was Ricky Minor, it was the MD, you know, uh, Matt Rohde, Cheche Alara, just this amazing band, and we're playing for 15,000 people, and High School Musical itself is just... It's a worldwide, it's not quite, this is right, this is the first movie had come out, it was a huge success, it was before the second movie came out, and I think when the second movie came out, that was when it was like worldwide huge craziness, but, so we're right, right on the cusp of it, and, uh, but at, at any rate, in the United States, it's, it's phenomenal, and, um, were there like 10 semi trucks or something? Yeah, I think it was, it was 10 semis and 11 buses. Like full production, um, you know, pyro. <laughs> I remember like joking with the pyro guy one time. Like one night it went off and I kind of felt some heat in my face. This is when I learned that you don't joke with pyro guys. Because I went out to him in catering or something. I was like, man, you're trying to blow my face off. And he was like, what? Is there a problem? What? what? I mean, he freaked out. He was just like, dude we cannot have people blowing up, you know, like, like it was so serious. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah, no, it's fine, man. It's fine. But anyways, enough about me. But, but I think for you as well, you had just moved out to LA 
Yeah, and I'd only been your living. Your brother's in LA. blowing up. I'd only been living in LA for a year, a little over a year. Wow. And getting out of a serious relationship at the time. Right. So and you're like, I'm going on the road. Yeah, I'm I was like, be a rock star. I'm gonna kiss as many boys as I can. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it means to be a rock star. Um, and no. you were working for Monique Coleman, who had just gotten off of Dancing with the Stars, too. Crazy yeah. whirlwind. Took fourth place, right? I think so. Yeah, she did good. So she's um, a big star. Yeah, it was awesome. I was 25, and... And you just moved from a small town. I mean, this must have felt like you were suddenly in a movie. Yeah, it was awesome because we were... In a different city every night, a different hotel, a lot of nice hotels, yeah, and uh, really cool perks. Like I remember thinking it was so awesome that we had a list that we could fill out on the bus oh, and put anything we wanted on there, mm-hmm. and the next night it would show up and it would be stocked on the bus. <laughs> Your guys' list was way different than ours. No, no. Well, yes, but we had a list. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, yeah. you guys put, you know, Jaeger, tequila, <laughs> Lola, and ours is like ice cream and cookie dough. And that was so cool. Yeah, I remember when we were rehearsing, like the band, because we we're all older. Like I was 35 and some of the bands were older. Some of the band was younger, but um, we're all in that range. And we're like we're on a Disney tour. Like, can we drink? And we're all like band people, you know, like we drink, you know? And then the tour manager kind of sits us all down. He's like, well, first he sits everybody down. He's like, no drinking. This is a no drinking tour. Then he has a private meeting with the band and says, okay, you guys are cool. You know, you can have alcohol on the bus or whatever. But if I see one kid coming off your bus drunk, it's going to be all over. So we were just like, okay, thank God, you know? And I, I drank like, a year in college mm-hmm. and then I stopped and then I have never drank so like no I started drinking on that tour <laughs> <laughs> yeah what made it so cool I think it was there were so many of us with between the dancers and the boys and my brother was there and the band it just felt like a huge happy family that were just traveling along you know traveling together it was just great yeah and then, of course, watching the show. I mean, I watched. Oh my gosh, you like had to I watch watched every, every show. I pretty much watched it almost every show, and uh, so I went from not ever seeing a real concert, in my opinion, wow, to having you know the all access pass and watching on the side from the stage to you know, and all the screaming children. I was, I was. It was pretty crazy. And the show was actually good. I mean, for yeah. the, for a, a Disney thing, it was really it was really good. I enjoyed it. And, of course, we got to know each other, and that was fun. And we did. It was quite a love story. Well, <laughs> <laughs> at first, I, I mean, there's no way I was going to date you. Because <laughs> you were smarter at the beginning of the tour. <laughs> <laughs> this is before drinking. <laughs> No, you know, right. you were like, you came out with everything kind of on the table. You were divorced, <laughs> in debt. <laughs> I knew you didn't have a savings account. Uh, you didn't. You weren't a homeowner. All, right. the, all the things that I thought I really needed and wanted. And on paper, I looked horrible. Yeah, on paper. But by the time we were 
I don't know, after hanging out night after night, it was just like, I think we became, oh, I don't know, friends, but it was exciting and fun. Why do you think we hit it off so well? I don't know. You had a sort of cynicalness to you that, that attracted me, that, that was attractive to me. Because, you know, you you called yourself a realist, which you tend to do sometimes still, but I, I don't know about that. But, <laughs> but you're, and I wouldn't say, there's just a jaded, cynical kind of side to you that matches my jaded, cynical side. Mm-hmm. And you're in the midst of all this stuff. You were in this Disney bubble. Like Where everyone thought that they were amazing all of yes. the time. And you have and child I- actors quote unquote. I mean, they're kind of, most of them are older at this point, but you know, it's a certain type of bubble where there's a lot of, uh, how do you say it delicately, but a lot of yes people. And there's, it's not necessarily attached to reality. Yeah. We were all out at a bar one night and I think Lucas and I got an argument about something, something stupid. And I just needed to like vent to someone that would understand and and that's hard to find in that camp because, you know, everyone is special and amazing. So you can't, <laughs> you know, talk to the artists in a special way. And right. so I think I just vented you and you listened and were supportive. And, and you were 10 years younger to me than me as well. So 35 to 25, I was a little freaked out for a while about the age. You should have been. I look back now and I'm like, this is why you don't date musicians. What were you doing with a 25-year-old? Dude, I didn't necessarily, I didn't plan it, that's for sure. But anytime I was around your parents, I was just like, oh my God, what must they think of me? Well, no, I just mean that like, I wasn't anxious, I wasn't like really hitting on you. You know, I'm just like, this sort of, like you said, it sort of happened naturally, it sort of happened organically. And uh, it took a long time, it took a minute for me to just feel it out. I'm like, okay, I mean, the first time I met your mom didn't go well, but no, uh, it didn't go well. <laughs> but uh, who was I, except for this weird old dude in the band? We're, we we get along smashingly now, but uh, yes, um, my mom loves you. So, do you think that having met me on tour now, when I'm out, do you think that gives you an advantage? Like when I'm away and you're at home, you pretty much know what it looks like where I'm at. You know what I mean? You know what the dressing room or the locker room in a, an arena looks like. You've come to other gigs with like Keiko Matsui and stuff, which is maybe a, a lesser scale. But uh, knowing firsthand what the road looks like, do you think that that makes it easier for oh, you? Oh, for sure. I'm, I feel like I'm way more understanding because, I mean, you're really good about calling me, for example. Like you're really good about checking in and at the end of the night, like calling me after a gig and all of that, but like way better than I would be (laughs) because I know how exciting it is when you're traveling and you're out there and the adrenaline and all that. I I feel like, yeah, I, I think it was a huge advantage to get to experience that and know what your life is a little bit like. I mean, I'm obviously not on stage doing any of that, but I have um, a lot more respect for it. And and when I complain, oh yeah, you don't have the vibe of like, what are you talking about? You're playing you an arena stage. tonight, you know? It's like, yeah. yeah, I know, I've been there, you know? Yeah, I know what it's like to live out of a suitcase. I know what it's like to be in a different city every day and bus rules and having to be live with people in that close, you know, you have to, it's all mm. about like getting along with everyone and right. um, 
And you're and it, as much fun as it is, it's also like, ugh, you're seeing the same people every day, all yeah. day. You run out of things to talk about, and it is. And then you get a day off, and you, you, you just try to go to the mall in the, in the town that you're in, and you run into everybody, and you know, you're trying to go to a restaurant, and you make reservations at this cool spot, and then oh, there's eight people from the crew there, or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a. Yeah, didn't we? We tried, well, the end of Corbin's tour, we were in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Right. So we wanted to have a vacation at the end because it was. Right. And that was just like, oh, we can't get away. Yeah. Like everyone decides to have, have a, a vacation. vacation at the end. So, so much for a romantic <laughs> thing. Yeah. I guess end. we're still working. Yeah. <laughs> so when I'm out in the road and you know that there's just so many girls <laughs> <laughs> just every night just coming at me, just. <laughs> Throwing their bras. Throwing their bras at me. And like, uh, you know, how, how do you feel about that? I think it's hot. <laughs> no, um, this is why we get along. <laughs> this is why we've been married so long. No, I mean, obviously, there's been times when I'm like, uh, but I see it as part of the job. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. Let's see. First of all, I mean, are you really getting girls? <laughs> okay, great. <Just> <laughs> uh, Come on, just go with the fantasy. Go with it. Okay. I'm trying to like, you know, if I were per se. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think there's know. been times like, I think it's a lot. There's, there's been times because again, I've been that girl because I, I was on tour and I know what... <laughs> I cared or didn't care about and right. all of that. So, so yeah, you worry about us. I mean, not anymore, right. but well, I don't I really have to. Dwight Yoakam now and there is a pandemic. There's... You don't really have a job. Anymore. Well, that's true. But when, <laughs> but when I'm working currently with Dwight Yoakam, there's, there's no girls on that tour. So it's, yeah, it's uh probably put your mind at ease. Well, I also know I pretty, I mean, I trust you. So I've got you right where I want you. I think I don't trust the girls. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're not kidding. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But it's also interesting. Something that happened like when I got the Dwight gig is that you don't know anybody on the Dwight tour and kind of every tour previous to that, that I've known you, mm-hmm. you have been really close. Cause we went, cause I went from high school musical to Corbin blue and that was the next three years of my life touring with him. You're good friends with him. You know, he's a high school musical actor. So a lot of the same crew. And Keiko even came to our wedding. Exactly. Keiko um, was really good friends and, and you got to, you know, then we get to Dwight where we're out a lot and mm-hmm. you don't know anybody. Yeah. I, I, That's, that was an adjustment. Yeah. I think that was the biggest challenge we've had in a while just because I felt a little bit left out. And so that was harder to not really know exactly who you're talking about when you're saying like band right. guys and you're talking about the crew guys. And I don't know, you know, you're saying their names, but I don't really have a face to match and so it's harder to relate to that. Um, yeah. But just like in any relationship, I mean, it makes you stronger and you have to communicate and trust each other. And we just had to figure out that that's what it was. Right. Because I don't, I don't think it took me a minute to figure out why I was feeling weird about it. And that's what it, yeah, came down to like, 
oh, I just don't really know your life with these guys and you're gone so much. Yeah. So it feels like, oh, you have this whole other life without me. Right. And that that can be hard. Thank right. goodness he only does like weekends for the most part. Yeah, I'm kind of home every week. Yeah. So it's... Uh, Thank goodness you're not going on tour for months at a time. Right. Yeah. That's really what it is. Yeah, because the Corbin thing too. Like I, I remember we were out for almost three months the first summer. For like two summers in a row, I was out for oh, over three months now that I think about it. Yeah. Yeah, we did oh, right into September. Well, it's all about being able to adapt. I mean, mm-hmm. it's constantly changing. So you have yeah. to... You have to adapt to the situation and talk it through and figure out what you need and be okay with that sometimes. I mean, for the last 10 years, I've gotten a new gig kind of every two and a half years or so. And mm-hmm. life changes rapidly. And, and Well, life changes immediately, but it changes immediately often. Mm-hmm. You know? Which keeps it exciting. So it's right. never, you know, boring, which is awesome. I love that. Yeah. And it keeps us working. I mean, I feel like our relationship has gotten easier yeah. as time goes on because we work through these things and then it's like, oh, I I know you so much better. So. Right. Good talk. Good talk. <laughs> I feel like we need a therapist here. I'm a diaper I have to confess something. I I love books, but I I don't love reading, and it's it's been something that I've I've wrestled with since I was a kid. You know, I, I can read. I have read books, but they're very time consuming, and I've spent most of my time trying to build a music career, <laughs> which takes a lot of time. But one thing I definitely do a lot of is drive in LA traffic on my way to a gig. And there's a solution that combines those two situations, and that's called Audible.com. Audible has thousands of audiobook titles, and you can listen offline anywhere, anytime. The app is free and can be installed on all smartphones and tablets. And they have just a ton of music-related titles, like All You Need to Know About the Music Business by Donald S. Passman, How Music Works by David Byrne, or Music Production Secrets by Calvin Carter. And you can get a free 30-day trial right now if you visit audibletrial.com slash rockstar. That's audibletrial.com slash rockstar. I'd like to take a second to thank you for listening to the Dive Bar Rockstar podcast. As a new podcast, getting the word out is a vital part of what it takes to keep the show on the road. Uh, or off the road, as the current case may be. If you would like to support the podcast... All you got to do is subscribe wherever you listen. And if you have an extra minute or two, please leave a review. You can also share and follow the podcast on your social media apps. Okay, enough begging. I hope you're having fun. And once again, thank you for listening. So you love Christmas music. Yeah. And when we first got together... For a while, because maybe we're just too lazy to make Christmas cards. I don't know. Maybe I was. I always am. But so we did some Christmas songs every year instead of Christmas cards. And they're actually all on YouTube. That's Autumn and Eric is the channel. Uh All one word. (laughs) Don't tell anyone. I know. I don't know that you want to go listen to them, but uh, I don't know. Maybe you do. Some of them were great. We did it for fun. We did did it for our family. Right. It was just something like, oh, 
we have access to a studio and <laughs> you wanted to produce and yeah it was like and a you fun, wanted to sing yeah at the time i still liked singing no I'm just kidding <laughs> before working with eric baines right i liked to sing i have no. been known in some circles as the dream crusher yes well i never heard myself sing and that's really i mean and that's a huge moment in one's life the first time hearing yourself back yeah right yeah it's terrifying <laughs> horrifying Ugh. um and yeah. you don't realize how how different you actually sound like yes what you hear in your head is so different than what i encourage every single person <laughs> to at least hear themselves once yeah. <laughs> when you're recording yeah and yeah. now, that, now that everybody has phones, they probably do. You have an answering machine, mm. you know, but... Uh, Singing is different. It's different. It's very different. Yeah, especially, I mean, I thought, I didn't, I never thought I was a good singer, but... Really? I didn't think I was horrible. But other people thought you were a good singer. Well, no, I just was raised singing all the time. My mm. family, we were always singing in church. I was the lead in my high school musical <laughs> and <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> that's funny nice. uh yeah but an uh, actual one the sound of music yeah no 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 no, no I, music man yeah i was marion yeah the music man librarian yeah um so and i yeah so i was in musicals and i sang in church i sang in college even i was like in the choir and so i liked singing i did it all my life yeah that and you met a guy who happens to have a studio. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I thought, oh, I can be a singer. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'd love to mess up some Christmas songs and make crazy arrangements. And yeah. uh, so. No, it was, it was a it was lot fun. of fun. It was just it was very fun. much like a learning experience too, it, working together. It's tricky working with a spouse in that situation, <laughs> especially someone who's like kind of doing it for fun versus someone who's used to being in the studio, not doing it for fun. And yeah, you wanted me to be good. And like, <laughs> you wanted me to be right. No. no, I didn't. No, I wanted you to just do something. <laughs> I'm like, okay, sing. And sing. you're like, well, what do you want me to sing? <laughs> the song. I don't know. Sing. I'm like, play it for me first. You know, like, cause I'm thinking choir. You wanted like, a choir teacher to, a choir to teacher. play all yeah. the parts. We'll have yeah. a sectional. Exactly. Play the part. I'll repeat. It's going to be great. Yeah. And I'm like, um, it's uh, walking in a winter wonderland. You know the song. <laughs> just sing it. <laughs> I know, but your music behind it wasn't the same a lot of <laughs> That's times. That's very true. That is very true. And then the rhythms and stuff. I just wanted you to be like, okay, well, you know, yeah, tap it out for me. You right. know, you I don't know. to hold your hand. I wanted you to hold my hand through it. I wanted you to make it fun. Right. And you were more serious about, mm -hmm. okay, do it again cool like just and i'm like i don't want to have a bad take i want to i want right. to do it right right so that was our first thing was learning yeah each other on that because you're like it's not a big deal like who cares you're like you're in the studio it's all about the back yeah. now's the time to have bad takes you get through a thousand bad takes and then you get the great one yeah and i didn't understand that i'm like if I'm not getting it after the third take, it's over. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was frustrating a lot of times, but yeah. we got through it and I'm Eventually, really years I'm, later. Yeah. We finally stopped doing it and that <laughs> no. made it way better. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, how many songs do we have? I think there's like 13 of them. I mean, that's there. a long time. Yeah. We have a whole record. 
Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Yeah. And there's some cool stuff. We got better as we yeah. like started. Well, once we figured each other out a little bit more and you realized, I just want you to play. Like, I don't want to sound bad and have it recorded. Like, just right. play the part for me. <laughs> Let me learn it. Then we record it. Yeah. And yeah, I don't like making mistakes. Well, I'm also uh, producing and engineering. So I'm just like, I want every take possible. So I have lots of options. And what if you got that one word right on that take you didn't like? Uh, I can use that word. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think you realize that much about the studio stuff either. Yeah, it was all new. You're all just new. like, erase that. That was awful. I'm like, <laughs> no, yeah, but the was really good. No, <laughs> see that? It. No, that's I'm the difference. No, see, you you would make me get it right because you'd be like, all right, well, that mm. one was just a little pitchy, but everything else was good. And I'm like, well, then can't you just cut that together? Or can't you just like you know, make this. Yeah. I mean, yes, but there's also other things I'm listening for. And yeah. See, we're fighting already. I know. <laughs> Just thinking about Just it. Just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> shocked me today as I was listening through that your version of rocking around the Christmas tree, which is basically you, it's a kind of your solo piece. Like there's some that I sing the most, a lot of them, most of them are duets, but there's one that like I mainly sing. The one that you mainly sing, rock around the Christmas tree, is the winner as far as views goes. What? 4,781 views of that. The rest of them are like three, 400 for some reason, this one is a hit. I think you're a hit. Does that qualify as viral? I don't know. Definitely not. And that's ridiculous. <laughs> Maybe once you get to 5,000, then then you'll be famous. I don't no, know. No, it's but... probably just because people like that song. And so that's just the most searched song. And you sound phenomenal. No, I don't mean us. I just mean like someone is just putting rock around, rocking around the Christmas tree. And then it comes up and they, oh, who are these guys? Yeah. So you think they like that song versus... Baby, it's cold outside. We did a great rendition of the of the rapey song. It's not a rape song. That's so <laughs> ridiculous. I don't know. I, I'm staying out of it. Oh, yeah. You don't want to get political on your show, but that's ridiculous. <laughs> well, we did it, and I thought it was great. And yeah. I, you know what? Honestly, I'd never heard that song before you brought it up to me. Isn't that weird? That is what? It is a jazz number, and like, yeah, it wasn't a part of my growing up Christmas, you know, repertoire. I didn't know that. Yeah. I think that featured the great Noriko Oling on keyboard. Yay. <laughs> Who has another podcast episode. Well, and we've also featured Jackie Joyner on on one song. I can't remember the song right this second, but it's great. And uh, Kato Matsuno, who was a guitar player. He's amazing. Smooth jazz star now. 
Yeah, the perks of having yeah. musician friends. You yeah. get all your like, buddies please, on. Please just play on my, my crazy family song. Yeah. Yeah, we had, yeah, it was good. It's good times. in that time that I wasn't a singer, (laughs) (laughs) which is good. I think I needed to have some self-reflection and realize that just because I sang in a small town and was in choir, that that doesn't make me a singer. And anyway, it was good. It was good. Yeah. I mean, I learned a lot about myself and about you. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, I would highly. So you would probably recommend that as therapy for people. Just try to make a Christmas record. Just try to sing together. <laughs> <laughs> Couples that sing together break up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Somehow we overcame. Yeah. I also really liked our our version of Melikilikimaka because mm. uh, on the on the YouTube's I put up a bunch of. We had just gone to Hawaii that year and had this amazing trip. And uh, so on YouTube, I have pictures from the trip as like a, a collage for the video. Yeah, we were super cheesy that year. We're like, oh, we went to Hawaii. Let's yeah. do Malakalikimaka. And, and we're running out put of... our slideshow of our vacation up. Yeah, it was yeah. it was cheesy and amazing. And we were good. running out of secular Christmas songs. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, but anyways, it was a lot of fun, though. And I, I really enjoyed it. We should get back to it. Oh, well, we're going to have a baby now. So yeah, we're just having to... crying in the background. <laughs> know. <laughs> you know, how many years till we can get this kid singing? So as a person married to a musician, one of the things that you used to do, and we have some different circumstances that, that, that happen now, but for years, every gig that I had to fly out on, 
you used to get the privilege of taking me to the airport. Oh, yeah. Did, was that really fun for you? Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> 4 a.m. taking you to LAX. It's a two-hour trip sometimes. Yeah. When you would come back at 6.30, rush hour. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought about opening my own shuttle service for just musicians. Just, <laughs> I'm go- I mean, there were times when I, like, go in two times in one day. Like, it was crazy. But, I mean, mainly because you didn't want me to pay for parking. So it was to save money. Well, always to save money. <laughs> that is the truth. I know. I so, wasn't so, LAX or Burbank, what did, what did you prefer? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Burbank is amazing. You know, wasn't it like, oh, it's Burbank. Like it was the, the most joyous moment when I'd look at the schedule and be like, guess what? We're flying out of Burbank. Yeah. Which at the time was like seven minutes from our house versus LAX, which obviously, like you said, just it can take two hours. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I have to say that it was always an, an amazing joy to come back from, especially like I was flying internationally a lot with Keiko and to come back after, I don't know, 18, 30 hours of flying sometimes and to be able to get picked up by my awesome, beautiful girlfriend slash wife now (laughs) was awesome. So I thank you. Uh, I want to thank you in public in front of all five of my listeners. Yeah. See the support. Also that you have to get, you know, it's like, <laughs> not only are you coming to the shows and cheering and then you're and listening to your songs and giving advice and you're also picking up from the airport. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Well, the bottom line is I have so much appreciation for you and for all the things that you do for me and all the, you know, I know that it's not easy to be a band wife, (laughs) to be a musician wife. And I love you so much. And I'm so proud of us that we're having a baby and you look phenomenal. Mm. I wish I, you know, we'll have to take a picture for the podcast or something. (laughs) But, and I so appreciate you coming on and and, uh, letting me torture you for a couple hours here. That will probably turn into about 40 minutes. Oh my God. It's (laughs) been rough. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But um, anyways. that's... Very nice of you. And uh, it's not that hard, actually, because you're a great guy and you um, make it easy. Oh, well, thanks for coming on. You're welcome. Check, please. (laughs) So who has an answering machine anymore? I don't know where that came from. I I, I guess I'm so old. I I, I meant... Your message on your phone when someone calls. Does anybody even call anymore? I don't, I, I rarely pick up the phone. I'm going to tell you the truth. If you, if you want to get a hold of me, text me. It's just the best way. <laughs> I thought it was interesting when she talked about how I have a whole other life without her. And the, the truth is we do when we're musicians and we have a whole family that's on the road and it's, it's a very tricky thing to, to navigate and to keep balance with, you know. But we, I do call often and we check in often, you know, probably numerous times in the day unless there's some crazy schedule which would prevent that, which there is at times, especially when you're traveling internationally. But somehow we make it work. And But I think, again, just like anything else, just communication is so important. And bus rules. She mentioned the bus rules. And I think that's 
a very interesting topic because I'm, I'm sure everyone has their own, but I think there's a, there's a couple few that maybe there are, there, there's definitely one, the golden rule of the bus, no defecating on the bus. <laughs> um, for obvious reasons, you know, the, the plumbing system on a, on a tour bus is, is, is a fragile situation and no one wants to smell your stuff. So just find a place in the arena or in the venue. Just don't do it on the bus. I also think you have to keep in mind that we all live on the bus. It's our home. So you can't just invite your random folks on the bus without sort of an announcement or uh, asking some, you know, asking the people around you because it's, uh, you know, if I'm in my underwear, I don't, I don't know that I want to see your grandma on the bus. You know, just, just reach out, say, do you mind? Let me know something's happening. <laughs> And maybe this is just one of my pet peeves, but um, keep the doors to the bunk area closed because people can be napping at any time of the day. You know, a lot of times you get to the venue in the afternoon because you have to check out of the hotel and, you know, maybe I want to take a nap and um, people yelling in the front lounge. For those of you that don't understand how most buses work, like if you're just on a band bus or a crew bus, you have a front lounge, which has a TV and a kitchen and the refrigerator and usually the bathroom. Then you have the center section, which would have either 12 bunks or eight bunks if they have condo bunks. Sometimes if you if you have a smaller unit and you're allowed to have the condo bunks, it's 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 a lot more space that you get. And then in the back you have the back lounge, which is generally another TV, another cooler. Um lots of guys like to set up video games and that'd be the video game room or set up a stereo and play music at night or whatever. But uh the bunks are in the middle. So you know respect the bunk area. That's all. So I don't know. I'm sure all everybody has their pet peeves and their their bus rules. So man, you know what? Let's just start a thing. Just uh, email me your bus rules and your bus pet peeves, and we'll just start a list so that everybody can vent a little. Because you know it's it's tricky on the road. Keiko Matsui is who we were referring to, and if you've listened to the show, you know that I I was 12 years her musical director. So um, lots of history there. Speaking of Keiko, Jackie Joyner was her sax player for years. He's also featured on episode seven of this podcast, and he was playing saxophone on Melee Kaliki Maka. And Monique Coleman took fourth place on the third season of Dancing with the Stars. So I hope you guys have a really Merry Christmas and, or, you know, whatever holiday you celebrate, happy holidays. There's, there's a lot of them. So I'm going to end with another Christmas song from our fabulous Grabeel Bain's Christmas Collection. And this one is my particular favorite. It's actually the first one we did, but um, I don't know. I was kind of proud of the orchestration on this one and my, my arrangement, as well as all the singing. My wife sang um, beautifully. So I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you had a great time. Throw cares away Christmas is here Bringing good cheer To young and old Meek and the bold Ding dong ding dong That is their song With joyful ring All caroling One seems to hear Words of good cheer From everywhere Filling the air Ding dong ding dong Ding dong ding dong 
the sound Or Hill and Dale telling their tale Gaily they ring while people sing Songs of good cheer, Christmas is here Merry, 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 merry Christmas Merry, 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 merry Christmas On, on they send, on without end Their joyful tone to every home Wow, you've made it to the end. I'm hoping it's because you completely enjoyed yourself and are now filled with knowledge and inspiration to move forward with your dreams. If that is the case and you would like to stay informed of new episodes, live events, and general news, please go to divebarrockstar.com and sign up for the mailing list. If you have any questions, comments, corrections, or complaints about anything you hear on the show, please email me at fanmail at divebarrockstar.com and you may even end up on the show. We at the Dive Bar Rockstar Podcast, with all of our hearts, thank you for listening, and remember, it's all about dreams.